So what better way to finish off a podcast uh, at Maudsley Learning MH Training for All than well with Geraldine Strathdy. Um, hi, Geraldine. How are you doing? Hi, Andre. Lovely to see you again. So this is... Um, this has been quite an interesting event. You gave the opening address here and you started off by talking about the key thing that we need to do in mental health to understand what matters in people's lives. Why did you choose that as a starting point for the talk today? So I suppose I have always believed as a clinician that one of the most important things is to work with people to understand their lives, the context of their lives and therefore what it is they, they want from us. Um, you know you know the famous words that um, Ensign have often talked about which is don't ask me what's wrong with me ask me what's happened to me what's what's going on for me so for me that that fundamentally means any services we develop it's important that we understand where people's lives are in their local community how that shapes the way they may present to mental health services because it's also where they're going to return to and therefore in clinical services really to do real co-production co-design of people helping people co-design their care packages their, their plans means working with them to understand them to understand their needs to apply the knowledge that we have about well what are the best evidence-based methods that improve outcomes for people and then to think about well how do we train people to work with people to help them get the best outcomes and I think traditionally we've done a lot of didactic classroom based expert in inverted commas teaching and what I really love about the Maudsley Sim vision is it brings together working with people to co-design and co-deliver the training to do it in a way that helps clinicians build their own competencies, their competencies about information giving, their competencies about shared decision making, their competencies about assessment of capacity and consent, their, their capabilities around sometimes imparting bad news and helping people kind of live and manage that. Um, and that's, that's, I think, is a harder form of teaching and learning. So I think SIM... Maudsley Sim, using digital means, using virtual learning, working with trained actors and with service users at the heart of this is a very exciting way forward. And why is that particularly important mm. to mental health? I'm thinking about training of mm. um, health professionals and others, you know, the police, yeah. school staff, yeah. in working with people with mental health difficulties. Because I think if you, if, you know, I think being in physical health distress, which I can identify with my two years of broken ankles, um, is not easy. And having really great professionals that kind of can treat you with kindness and compassion and understanding and understanding of the impact on your life is really important. I think it's probably even more important in mental health because in general... Uh, people are gradually the population is getting a better understanding of mental health stigmas reducing but it's a very often terrifying place for people to be to feel mentally unwell to feel out of kilter to kind of think about where you're going to get the help so it, it seems to me that it's always been incredibly important for mental health professionals that we respond to people in a kind empathic way we help them to understand what's happened to them to help them make sense of their lives so they can we, we can begin to help them feel more in control of their lives to me that's the almost one of the, the fundamentals of being a good mental health clinician and I think so often for people, it is the lives they are leading. If, you know, if you're living in a, a very, very hard-pressed area with a lot of poverty, 
and there's gangs on the estate that you live in and educational opportunities for your children are not there, high levels of unemployment or there's great employment but there's major stress about kind of competition. Uh, there's today's modern cyber world where so many people feel that the ideal life is what you might see in the cyber world and that's not the reality of a lot of people's lives. So it seems to me that understanding the culture and understanding the lives of the people that you are supporting is utterly fundamental in mental health to helping them achieve the, the aims they want and, and for as a clinician to help them access the asset-based thinking and services that will help them achieve that. And one last question. Mm. We've heard a lot in the press in the last couple of years about a lack of mental health professionals and we've seen some campaigns, Juice Psychiatry, <laughs> the MH Nursing Future campaign. Mm. Obviously there's a lot of political stuff going on that's informing this as well, but what do you think we need to do to attract more professionals into mental health? So I, I suppose I start, as I always do, and actually always have, with thinking about the population. Um, it, I, I think I said at the beginning of my talk here, I w I've come back incredibly energised by being part of the, uh, a new movement, a new kind of global movement, which is the law enforcement, public health and mental health movement, which is countries where people are absolutely getting back to the heart of, so what is causing this mental ill health how can we work in a way that helps people develop their, their mental health and resilience in the same way they develop their physical health and stamina? Helping people think about the way they think, helping people, helping people to get the best out of the life they can. So it's not just something that a few people will get on a big leadership course, but this is actually something that gets embedded into the DNA of how we support people, do the hardest job of all, which is parenting help people in schools, help people in employment. It's getting back to those fundamental principles and it's about quality of life, not just quantity of life. So I think for in many ways, in I think many of our health systems, there is a definite wave internationally of people saying, well, we're helping people with length of life, but what actually are we doing about helping people with quality of life and helping people to To, to really know how to manage their own health and well-being, both mental and physical. So that means, and it's going to take a couple of decades, that means helping parents understand to build, how, how to be psychologically healthy and how to support their children to do that. It means helping teachers, it means helping schools, educators, employers. Um, I'm seeing amazing um, thinking going on in the law enforcement agencies, some major judiciary, justice agencies. Um, in some countries, the public health agency, which is actually doing outreach into the most deprived areas, acknowledging that if we really want good length of life as well as quality of life you have to you have to do what I would describe as walk the streets you have to understand the people and their populations to understand well what what method what would be the best way to get the people who really need it the kind of the education and the help and the opportunities for health that they need so I'm I'm interested in the fact that in England we tried certainly tried my whole life in mental health which was about 35 years to get mental health up the agenda to get it up there to get people understanding to reduce stigma and actually I think when I reflect in my time as NCD I believe it was the social movement 
for mental health that so many of us created working together, leaders in every agency coming together, fantastic parliamentarians, cross, you know, getting cross-party support, cross-government department support for what we wanted, fantastic support from the royal family, bottom-up frontline agencies coming together. That's what I believe led to the place where mental health is, is now as talked about um, as physical health was. But where we've got the gap, I believe, is between that very, very top tier of parliamentarians and everybody else who's kind of very supportive and the people of England who quite clearly wanted 32 million of them hit on NHS choices every year and yet shifting how we get the more traditional ways we've done things, the more traditional way we've, we've considered public health more about physical health the mental health, how we get healthcare professionals trained to reunite mind and body in the way they think, knowing that if, if you try to treat someone's physical health problem without actually considering their psychological impact and how they can psychologically improve recovery and vice versa, we will never actually help people to be as successful. Um, I think there's a lot to learn from things we have done in mental health. We've we have probably got the greatest spread of multidisciplinary and multi-agency teams across the system. So I'm very interested in work that's going on in countries, including Northern Ireland, to look at to go to university, look at some of the students we've got there. People are very interested to kind of take part in this very different way of thinking about health prevention, promotion, uh, wider education in, in populations about this. So... I think the, the future is very ripe for all our graduates in sociology, anthropology, psychology, um, you know, there's just so many education. So I think that we have an exciting world, hard, it will take two decades, but if we don't start having a vision about how we might do that, it's going to take us a lot longer, and I'd rather it happen before I died. Mm-hmm.